Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. This will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there was a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I really liked. I'd hit a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything. You need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Brandon, with you per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dad Nation? And both our master of all things sound and video coordinator, Maxime. How's it going? Boys, full house today. I'm fired up to announce that rejoining us after way too long. In fact, his second time in the huddle, the all-powerful moderator behind a Warrior subreddit page with about a half million members. A Santa Cruz expert whose knowledge stretches from the G League roster to the burrito scene. A longtime Warriors guy who's become an enormous presence on Golden State Twitter. And a guy who's completely non photoshopped picture of Andrew Wiggins got tweeted out by Kareth Burke today. Mr. Eric Jett, what's going on, Eric? Hey, thanks for having me back, guys. It's good to be here. Of course, man. It's great to see you. Uh, And also rejoining us, one of my favorite guests, a host on KNBR, the sports leader's airwaves, the Golden State Specialist for the Bay Area News Group, and a man who fearlessly used the word monstrosity well, talking about the new Warriors jerseys, Mr. Yes. Dieter Kurtenbach. What's going on, yes. Dieter? Hello. The jerseys are terrible, and I hate them very much. <laughs> They're so bad. <laughs> so we're you can't, talk you about can't Zach Lowe those away. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> you clearly didn't read his emotional and thought oh, story. And, uh, yeah. Dieter, just so you know, I, I toyed with giving you an intro where I made some joke about someone who's very tired because they have a newborn. But yeah. then I remember I got hell of annoyed with that shit when I had a newborn. <laughs> like everybody told me, uh, oh, you probably aren't having any sleep. So yeah. I kept it in pocket, either to my credit or detriment. I'm not sure. Well, it, I'm too tired to fight you on it. So yeah, <laughs> it would it would have worked out okay. But I'm with you, man. Like I'm aware that I haven't slept. It's all I think about all the time. So glad that you brought it up. Yeah, no, I'm not in a testy mood, which is good. So I think we might have a good show. But you caught me at a good time because most of the time. Well, 
we'll find out. And I, I, we won't spend a lot of time on this, but I'll just give you both a softball question. Immediate opinions on the uh, on the jersey, right? So the, the jersey, there's been rumors of it forever. And I'll tell you that when I first saw it, when like a month ago, when it first came out or two months ago, I thought it was a joke. I thought there is no way this is the actual jersey they're going to throw out. Today it came out. It's going to happen. We're looking at a, uh, a picture of it right here. What do you guys think? Instant takes. I just don't understand what's even going on. <laughs> when you don't see roses and immediately think, oh, yeah, Golden State oh, Warriors. Golden State Warriors. The, it's the... fine. It's not like their rivals have any affiliation to roses at all. Like, it, it, or, or, you know, it, like if it was UCLA with those jerseys, it'd be like, I guess their football team plays at the Rose Bowl. Like, there's no. I listen, Zach Lowe wrote the story. Apparently, there's something there. But, like, I thought jerseys were supposed to be pretty obvious. And if you're going to do something that's as nuanced as the reasoning behind this rose, maybe don't make the rose that friggin' big. Oh my God. <laughs> like no one else has made jerseys that look like that, except for like mid nineties gradient bucks. And I'm pretty sure they went away from them for a reason. It's just, it's God awful. I, I'm, I don't care how good the messaging is behind it. It could be like, we're trying to cure cancer. It doesn't look good. It, it looks terrible. <laughs> I feel like the designer agrees with you uh, only because I feel like they showed this to them. And then the second they're like, Ooh, what's up with the rose? I said, no, no, don't worry about it. You tuck that part in. No, so yeah. like no one yeah. can see it. You know, like this is the thing that disappears immediately. <laughs> this is just for the message. No one's actually going to see this part. You, no one will know the message unless you read one specific article in one specific place, by the way, because it's so it's like, th that's what kills me. Like most people are not going to know what the message is. They're just going to be like, what the hell is going on here? So, Honestly, I, I don't even know what the message is. I haven't yeah, read the article. The what's, what's the scoop? It's about, it's about like women's suffrage, which then I have to give. A oh, like, okay. Okay. You no know, women's suffrage. Now we're all assholes. I love it, actually. No, I love it. Yeah. It's this a great a setup. It's a setup to where now it's like, if you don't like the jersey, you don't like women's suffrage. And it's like, yeah, you didn't have to make it that challenging, though. Like, you could have picked something that made it a little bit easier to get behind the message. Like, I'm not trying to take away the rights of women to vote anywhere. I want everyone to vote. I want everyone to have rights. But if we have to wear these, I might have to reevaluate my stance. Is, is uh, when Brooklyn announces theirs, is it going to have like yarmulkes all over it? <laughs> Next year's city editions are going to be. So you guys know the title of this podcast is going to be Why Dieter Hates Women. But I mean, whatever. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get to the bottom of that in a second. Boys, we really need your take. Okay, so I got a golden question last night that rattled me. No joke, rattled mm -hmm. me. And you are the two people who I desperately need opinions on. Marcus, Maxime, needless to say, I need your guys' take too. But before we get there, let's start with an important piece. It's the glass half full. So this audience has heard us bitch about this start. They've heard us worry. They've heard all of that. Okay, so we need your guys' take. Look back at these last 11 games. Give me something you either like or don't like, or both. You tell us. Uh, Eric, give it to us, baby. Yeah, I'm ready to go. So uh, I think back on last year when we were getting all those stories and stuff was in that big old slump where he couldn't make a three. There's stories about his feet are off, things are going bad. Is he regressing? We saw like a generational game four style game from Steph, and those problems are not on our radar right now. Mm -hmm. And that is what I love. 
What I hate is that we fucking cashed that in against the Sacramento <laughs> Kings like 10 games into the season to like seemingly save whatever we have going on, and I'm sick about it. You're telling me that game four of the NBA Finals and a November oh. game against the Kings aren't equivalent? On a, on a huge slide? It's just disgusting <laughs> stuff. I've always viewed them very similar in my... Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, uh, brutal. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, obviously, Steph playing at a, like a crazy MVP level is awesome and also scary, uh, just because you know it really shouldn't have to be cashing in those chips, as Eric noted. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I've liked what I've seen from Draymond Green. Uh, there's a bunch of places that we can go. I do think there are probably more positives on this team than we want to acknowledge right now, and that they're not that far off, um, despite the fact that. It's, it's it's a pretty tough scene right now, but I've liked what I've seen from Draymond Green. Uh, it, it is getting lost in the shuffle. Obviously, the team's defense isn't good, so it's hard to really celebrate Draymond, but he looks engaged. Oftentimes, he looks like the only one who understands that the Warriors need to play with pace, and he's pushing it. Uh, I've liked what I've seen from Draymond, and, and I think that this is something that he'll be able to maintain and, and give us a lot of minutes throughout the regular season, and hopefully, I guess at this point, playoffs, and uh, an engaged something to prove Draymond looks lighter. I mean, that that's always going to work out for the Golden State Warriors, so... That's where I lie. If you got Steph and Draymond playing well, I, it, it really shouldn't be this hard. It is, but it also gives me confidence that once things get on the right track, they'll stay on the right track. I'm going to give you guys a new thing I don't like about Steph's performance. Last week, I, I basically stole your take, Eric, said that it kills me that it took a godlike performance to beat Sacto by you know three in a game that probably should have gone to overtime. But the thing that, that continues to bother me now, so the easiest version that I tell myself – Warriors don't give a shit. Not right now. Beginning of the year, defending champs are trying to figure things out. You know, they, they got new players. They got to figure out these new roles. They, they don't mean anything. Well, watching Steph do what he did, I'll tell you what, it means something to fucking him. You know, he, he, that game meant a lot to him, which suggests these aren't just, eh, you know, problems. There's, there's something that's going on. Um, MT, we didn't hear from you earlier in the week. What do you got, man? Like or don't? I'm going to go half full that – um, it's still early in the season, and the fact that Utah is in first place, they're a good team. They're playing well, so you know, not a knock on them. And it's a interesting collection of really above average kind of um, you know like bench guys in, in in a way. But I think the fact that Utah is the number one seed in the Western Conference right now gives me hope. Because, you know, there's still some shuffling and some recalibration for the teams that are punching above their weight to fall back down and for teams that are punching below their weight to kind of flex their muscles a little bit. And I'm, I'm putting us in that latter category, but <laughs> cautiously, just because, you know, we, we do need that defense to pick up. Good call. Like Rudy Gobert died for this, man. <laughs> here's a uh, here's a spoiler alert you can consider this brand from the future we are about a week away to now you know what longer than that we're about a month away before thought pieces start coming out should we be taking utah seriously you know is utah really good so no. here's a spoiler no exactly right no we should not this why can't we just enjoy fun things when they're happening like it's so, no. it's so I, good to have low expectations and to have them exceed it it's honestly a big part of the warriors problem right now we come in with these huge expectations which by the way they're fair they won the title uh against expectations in many ways and then when they play like ass 
on like an entire road trip, it makes us feel really crummy. Whereas if they hadn't won the title last year, we'd be like, it's not great, but they'll figure it out. But now I mean, we were just expecting 73 wins again. Like it, it, it feels worse because we expected more. Utah's the exact opposite situation. And like, what if we made the whole team out of six men seems to be working. And, and I mean, Lori marketing is getting MVP chance. I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that, and that, that tells you how everyone's in on the joke. That's, that's, <laughs> what, that's what makes it fun. Well, that we're like, Lori marketing MVP. It doesn't get more like Aryan than Lori Markkinen. So it doesn't surprise me that he's doing really well in fucking Utah. It is what it is, you know? Uh, you do not want Lori Markkinen on the dubs, by the way. Let me just, as a, as a lifelong Chicago Bulls fan, let me tell you, you don't want any part of Lori Markkinen. I, we could get a Cavs fan and they'll tell you the same thing. It is. I tell you, yeah. We, we, yeah. if we got a real Jazz fan, they tell you the same thing. These fuckers <laughs> don't want to be winning these games. They, they need to be selling high. This is worst case scenario. This is something that the Warriors would have done in the Kohan era. They would have fucked around totally. like 15 games early on. And then, you know, now we're screwed in this like unbelievable draft. And all they got out yeah. of it was a first round playoff loss, you know, and, and uh, heartache to boot. But I tell you what, we digress. Because <laughs> like I said, there's a question that fucking rattled me. And you guys have already kind of beat around its bush. So let me give it to you. And then let's dig in. Here's the question from the Golden Questions. Quote, I believe in Golden State's front office. I believe in Bobby Myers. I believe in Joe Lacob. I believe in the Warriors decision makers. And I stood by their call to have two title windows last year. But I also believe that we will never have a talent like Steph Curry in the Bay Area again. And we owe it to him to maximize his shot at a title. I know you boys like the young core, but is it time for Golden State to consider making a trade to maximize SC30? So this screwed me up, man. All right. I, I, I watched that uh, game we've already talked about. The game four special is what we'll say. I watched his <laughs> performance. I agree that we're not going to have somebody like this again. This is it. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, this is probably the best player we're ever going to see in a Golden State roster. Yeah. So if that's true and we're having these kind of early season struggles, do we owe it to him, to his legacy to maximize this shit, to trade, right? So this, this person included three possible trades, which I'm going to go with you. But before we do that, just precipice question. And I threw this out on Twitter. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if the three levels are, you know, no, way too early. We shouldn't consider a trade. Well, maybe, yeah, you know, this isn't how it's going. Or, yep, he's the best. We got to make sure. Where are you guys on the, on the trade scale? I mean, for, first and foremost, there's two things that stood out to me in just the question. One, the the this is this is arguing semantics, but like the two title windows. There's one title window. Steph Curry has proven that he can win titles. Draymond Green mm. has proven he can win titles. Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, Moses Moody. We can like them as much as we want. We got to be honest. I mean, do we honestly believe that any of those guys is going to? reach the level to where title contention isn't something that's just accidental. Like, no, right. this is an augmentation to Steph Curry, right? And they're trying to augment this Warriors roster with young players for two reasons. One, it's cheap. Not that cheap, actually, when you look at some of these guys and James Wiseman and, and Kaminga specifically as being very high first round picks. But two, it's because it can, in theory, extend the window further, that they can take on more because they're younger. They'll come into their form about the same time Steph drops off of his form. So the big question for the Warriors 
is who's the most important person in the organization. Joe Lacob wants to expand this. He wants to be a perpetual winning machine. He wants to win forever. He never wants to have a lull. He never wants that worst NBA record season again. Because who would? That sucks. This is a business. Mm. They got a lot of money on the line. They got billions of dollars on the line. They didn't build an arena so that Eric Pascal can come out there and be the leading scorer every night, you know, or, or whoever that might be in the future. So they want to make sure that if Steph Curry leaves from retirement or, you know, signs somewhere else, heaven forbid, that they still have the infrastructure there that they can continue to win games, albeit probably at a slightly lesser level in the absolute best case scenario. So is Joe Lacob the most important person in the organization or is Steph Curry the reason that Joe Lacob has made all of these billions, the reason that like who is the most important person in this organization? And I think that to a man, we would all say Steph Curry's the most important person, mm -hmm. but Steph Curry doesn't cut the checks. And so that is where we're going to have the issue because I am 100% pro maximize Steph's window, but there's also the business reality of this. And frankly, it's hard to argue after, what, 10, 11 games, after what we saw last year, that their window is somehow closed, that something dramatic needs to happen. They won the title last year, albeit with only one young guy really contributing in the big minutes, and that being Jordan Poole, and he was up and down at best in the NBA Finals. They did have two timelines, and they did win the title last year. So why would they think that things would somehow get worse this year? It's a little janky. They need to figure stuff out, but they still believe that formula is going to work. It's hard to argue, but ultimately, if push comes to shove, I do think they'll pull the trigger and, and make a trade because you kind of have to. You have to maximize. But it, it really – this is a weird passive-aggressive power struggle with two parties that don't realize that that's actually what's happening here. And uh, I'm fascinated to see how it plays out. That is a great analysis, man. I think that uh, the statement you made about there's not two windows, there's one window, and it's now. I fully – I agree. I haven't heard it articulated in that way, and I think that you're right on about that. Um, I think that you have to deal with – what is in front of you at this moment. You cannot look too far into the future and try and make all these cute moves to try and have success three years from now because you're going to fuck up this year in doing yep. that. Nothing it's obviously, guaranteed like four months from now. Yeah. Like, well, how could you think you got it nailed three years from now? Yes. I mean, Steph could break his ass on the rafters and mm -hmm. we're cooked, you know, <laughs> especially when you dig a hole where you lose a road game like this. If suddenly Draymond's out for 30 games and Steph doesn't play for 20 games, we start sliding. We've already dug this hole. This yep. is a problem. This is something I've said on Twitter. Like, do I think that our slow start to the year is, is going to ruin our season? I don't. I just don't. But I think that we're creating a real problem for our future selves. That we may look mm. at this later and be like, God damn, it would be nice to not be peeking at the five seed or whatever if we hadn't yeah. messed up all these games. Or like, we've created a reality that could give us some trouble later on. Um, Ask the Pelicans how they felt when they started, what, like one in 13 last year? And yeah. they get into the playoffs and they're a really good team, but they had to fight, scrap, and claw, mm -hmm. you know, they, just to get into the play in game. Like, and that's the other thing. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, they're having to expend serious. I mean, Steph's having to go thermonuclear against mm -hmm. Sacramento to win a game. Like, they should be easing into the season. They shouldn't have to be exerting this much this early. And what happens on the back end if, if they maybe 
drain too much gas from the tank early on, but they really need it down the line because, again, it didn't result in wins the first go-around. That's a real problem. I, I am not sure there's a more entitled phrase than two title windows. Something totally. happens, you know. I, I, something happens when you go to the fucking finals eight times or six times and win four. You start thinking that this is what you're entitled to. You start thinking that this is the foregone conclusion. So you look at players who could be good, and then you assume, well, if they're good, this team goes to the finals. They'll go to the finals. <laughs> History shows that's bullshit. Totally. I mean, look at Barkley, look at Embiid, look at Harden, but look at the gold standard. Look at the fucking Spurs. I yeah. understand that we all want to become the Spurs. Also, once they lost Tim Duncan, Spurs have not sniffed the goddamn finals, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so if we have a player right now who can bring you there, if we're sitting on our Tim Duncan right now, then I, I do. <clears throat> I believe this is the one we know. This is the, you know, the bird in hand. Stop looking at the bush. We've got to make sure that we're capitalizing on what we have now. Maxine, we haven't heard from you. Yeah. Oh, MT, go ahead first. MT, uh, we haven't heard from you. What's your thing? <laughs> um, I was just going to say, piggybacking off of that, the the challenge, too, or the tricky part is you asked if, if we should make the trade now or we should wait. I, I think we should wait. I think it's still, still too early in the season. But the problem is the value of who we would trade could potentially go down. Of course, games, yeah, potentially it has know. happened, baby. It yeah. is right now, it's right. happening right now. Yeah. yeah. So there is that tricky, you know, like oh, when do you pull it, the trigger? If you're going to do it, if you're going to try to get a Miles Turner for a Wiseman and you know Kaminga, then you have oh, to do it before Wiseman and Kaminga have too many points. If you're listening to this right now, look outside and squint. You can see uh, James Wiseman's trade value going down as we speak. You know, you what didn't trade get a minute. Value? Yeah, well, he well, didn't have any in the preseason. Yeah, he didn't have any last season, and, and nothing he's done on the court has given him any. And so that's the an notion that like you can just trade the guy. Like maybe you can trade Kaminga, but not for as much as you could have last year. Maybe mm -hmm. I think Moses Moody's trade value has gone up. You I can't trade Kaminga if you're not playing Kaminga. Sure. Like how? And how are you? Play, how are you going to sell anyone yeah. on the reality <laughs> that this guy's a star when your own team won't even play him? Like, what sure. you guys don't know is that there's a lot of teams who need someone who can speak Chinese. So, I mean, Wiseman could come, come in there and immediately fit a need that we're not aware of. I, I hope that we're off on this, but make it a clean sweep. Um, I mean, yeah. the, the MT, am I taking you right? What's your ultimate then? Should they consider making a move? If, I, if we do this as they should make a move, maybe they should, they should not. Where are you? I'm in between they should and maybe. I'm, I'm torn on the timeline, but... I, I agree. I think between Dieter and Eric's kind of analysis and comments, I'm pushed more towards it's one title window and you have to make the most of our Tim Duncan. So I'll tell you what, you agree with most Warrior fans. So I shot this out on Twitter. Here's the question. Warrior fans, should Golden State consider trading the young core to capitalize on Steph's brilliance? 44% of more than 100 votes so far hate to do it, but maybe – you know, and that's that middle thing. That's exactly mm -hmm. what we're talking about. Okay, so let's use that as a springboard. What I have here are the three trades this gentleman suggested. But instead of just talking about them, let's have a little fun with them. We're going to go back to an old segment. It's called Who Says No? So I'll yeah. give you boys the trade. Yeah, and then here are the three questions. Would the other team say yes? Would the Warriors say yes? Would you say yes if you were in charge? Here is... The first trade, and I'll call oh, before, this one. Before we do that, have all of these been trade machine verified? They have. Yep. They, they have you. gone through, and I'll, so I'll the, give the you one numbers more. work. The, the numbers, numbers work, work. and okay. none God of them you. include 
Andrew Wiggins, and that is because um, I would imagine that the Warriors can no longer trade Andrew Wiggins. You know, he's now that he has been extended beyond three years, the CBA doesn't allow him to be traded for six months. So on these players, and they involve big names, we got to give up big money. Big money doesn't come from Andrew, all right? And that's going to lead to some, some difficult questions, <laughs> but we'll get there in a second, all right? Here's, We're about to talk about Jordan Poole. Here's yeah. our first, the first trade I'm calling the health-willing trade. The Warriors get Anthony Davis. The Lakers get Draymond Green, James Wiseman, a 2023 first-rounder, and a pick swap in 2024. So start it off. Uh, let's st- start with the Lakers. Would the Lakers say yeah to that? Yes. I guess the idea yeah. is that they, they start fresh. You yeah, know, they, they bring in Draymond, but his his contract goes down. Um, yeah, we're actually looking at the verified the, version of the this Lakers right now. Boom. Yes, instantaneously. Okay, yeah. there you go. Um, so there's the easy part. I agree. All right. The Warriors. So that comes to the Warriors. You are no longer you're not in charge right now, but it goes to Myers. They bring in AD, probably helps um, defensively somewhat, although they're losing Draymond, right? Uh, you block Rob Palenka's number. Yeah, okay, why? Because Dr- Draymond's a better player than Anthony Davis today, right now. I know Anthony Davis is putting up some decent counting stats. Anthony Davis is not a winning basketball player, like full stop. Yeah. He, he, he does, You can funnel everything to him theoretically on defense. I don't think you've actually been able to do that for a couple of years mm-hmm. now. You're going to get about 25 games out of Anthony Davis. You can't trust him to be on the floor in the playoffs. His shooting is a three from three point. It's abysmal. I mean, you, you're literally better off with Draymond Green shooting an open three than Anthony Davis at this point. Um, he, he, he's broken. He's a forgettable player. He doesn't mm-hmm. affect winning. The Mickey Mouse championship it, it was all the validation he needed. He's a beta player, by the way. The Warriors need Draymond not only defensively, not only offensively, uh, but they also need his voice. And I know it's been, you know, uh, pretty mm-hmm. muted because of the punch situation as well. It probably should be, but it will come back. It will find its form again. It will start getting results from guys. Trading Draymond for Anthony Davis straight up, if the money were to have somehow worked there, would be a deal that I would automatically say no. Giving up anything mm-hmm. else in addition, even getting off of James Wiseman, who you could view as a negative asset at this juncture. That's the only uh, way that that would work is if you're viewing Wiseman <laughs> as a negative asset, in my opinion. Like, I just, I, I just, I, I, I can't, I can't in good conscience say that that's that's a good deal i I just i just i can't at all uh can't get rid of draymond can't bring in anthony davis and trust him can't give up Mm -hmm. a first round pick in 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 turn i mean it's i've had a lot of people suggest this trade to me in email which is i think telling and, and weird and interesting uh that it's all emails but like no, stop it. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just, Look, it I like to email you, Dieter. It is what it is. You don't have to yeah, shit out my you're ego. Coming up, I you're like communicating with, some, with you. You're coming up with some weird aliases of 70-year-olds <laughs> in Sunnyvale. That's what I got to say. I'm, I'm nothing if not creative. Um, I'll tell you what, the Anthony Davis thing really uh, occupies a cautionary tale for me. Because rewind the clock, right? Go back a little bit. When the Lakers <laughs> sold their soul to bring in Anthony Davis. 
And now look at the situation they're looking at. Davis is broken. The first round, the people they gave up, you know, and Brandon Ingram and even Ball and other places are starting to yep. come to fruition. And the pick that they gave up is about to become maybe fucking Victor Wembanyama, who might be yep. going to New Orleans. So you got to be real careful on the win now mm-hmm. thing because it doesn't always work. Would anybody, anybody on this on this pod say yes to this deal from the Warriors perspective? I won't hold it against you, even though I'm vehemently against this. I, there, there is an he's argument. Lying. You should see the, the emails he sent back. He's called me really bad name. <laughs> yeah, he's 100% lying. Now, Dieter stole the words right out of my mouth, man. I've been leading the Anthony Davis slander campaign for years now. I think the guy's complete fool's gold. I don't think he's a star player. I think at his peak, he was arguably the best role player in the league. Mm. He can't carry a team. Um, He's an injury liability. Um, You can say whatever you want about that championship, but that had nothing to do with Anthony Davis, in my opinion. I don't care what the numbers said. Uh, I think he's I think he's junk, man. I, I do not want him on my team. I say no. If that dude could play 82 games for you guaranteed every year, I would still have serious reservations. Yeah. But he's only yeah. the most injury prone guy in the league. Like right. it, no, it, it just it just doesn't work. There's a better chance of him riding like a winged Pegasus to practice than him playing 82 games. So <laughs> I, we don't even have to worry about that. All right. Trade number two. OK, this one, I'm calling it the fuck it. Let's sell our soul. Okay. Warriors get. Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Nets get. I don't even want to say this. So look, I'm not suggesting this happens. I don't even want to say, say this. It. Nets get Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. Jonathan Kaminga, 2023 first rounder, 2024 first rounder. So for a point of record, just so we say it out loud, Clay Thompson is set to make more than $40 million, $40 million. next year. Yeah. Okay, so that's why the money works. You know, this is Mm -hmm. selling our fucking soul. Straightforward selling our soul. Let's start with the Nets. Would the Nets say yes to this? The idea being that they're, you know, clean sweep. They get uh, everything off the books after Clay's uh, contract comes off. And then they have two first rounders to fuck around and play play with. What do we think? I don't I don't think the Nets do it, but you toss in another first rounder, maybe. I mean, like it's not far off, but I I think they say no. I think they say no. What do you do, Dieter? I take it. I, I take do it too. on the Warriors. I take it also. And I it have, pains me to say it because yeah. Clay Thompson's uh, my favorite player. Yeah, it hurts no, me. Okay. It's dirty, man. It's dirty. <laughs> it ain't right, but. <laughs> you know what this feels like? Yeah. Well, I've never been lucky enough to have this happen in my life. All right. But I can imagine what it's like having a hot as shit significant other. Hot as shit, but they're crazy as fuck. So crazy. Clay like Thompson knows you, all about this. Okay. But you, know, you, you come home and your couch is on fire fucking crazy. Like just oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it becomes too fucking much and you break up with them and it is what it is. Then a few years pass and you see them again and you're like, they're so hot. Like, oh my God, they're so hot. And you've forgotten how crazy they are. This is what it feels like for Kevin Durant with me. You know, like I remember how hard it was, man, but he's so good. He's so good that that we have to consider it. Um, Maxime, would you do this? Look, we're talking. I'm not I'm not an analyst. I'm just a fan. No, I would not do this. Right. This is why you should not hire me to be in the front office, Bob Myers. (laughs) And then again, like, actually, let's scrub that from the tape because, you know, I have dreams of being in the front office someday. Right. Like, that'd be tight. But (laughs) but point aside, I can't. It's I think if I'm going to justify this, you know, in reverse, the reason I'm saying this is because to trade somebody like Clay trades away a piece of your soul as an organization. It oh, says especially it, now. It, 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 precisely after coming back from what he's come back from, with him pleading in front of the media 
give me some time saying to Charles Barkley, dude, this is like, you can almost see him crying as he's saying this. Yeah. I'm doing everything I can to get back. And then to just get rid of him like that, it would be such a gut punch that if I'm, I mean, not Kevin Durant, but if I'm some whatever player that's considering free agency over this summer, let's say the Warriors make it to the finals and then don't get over the hill. If I'm the next Kevin Durant looking at the landscape, I might be less inclined to do it than Kevin Durant was in 2016, specifically because now this is the image that people have in their mind for how Golden State treats their players. They become let the me, Patriots then. Let right? me twist Not the Spurs. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let me twist this trade up, trade up a little bit to make it interesting from a storyline perspective. One that I can't, I can't let go of Clay. I just can't do it. Let's say we keep Clay. You send Draymond and Wiseman with Kaminga to Brooklyn. And you get this scenario where KD comes back, wins a title. There's a moment on the court where he looks at Draymond. He's like, we won without you. <laughs> talk, talk shit right back to him. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's a faulty premise because they're not winning a title without Draymond. Like, and, I mean, the, you, and the you money think their defense work. sucks today. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean, and we're looking. I mean, we're looking now. We're the he, Maxime just yeah. ran it on the on the board, and we got it next to us here. Even if you add Wiseman to that, who I think adds another nine million, I'm not sure if the numbers work. I don't think we get close enough. Um, so I'm not going to let you out of this, Eric. I want your take on the clay thing. Are you selling your soul, man? Would you Look fucking do it this? Works. That's hard, man. Yeah, I think it would. I think that deal would work. Um, I think nostalgically, I couldn't do it, even if I objectively yep. think we'd be a better team. That's kind of where yeah. I'm at. Does I don't think would sense? Popovich do it. It does make perfect sense, right? I so I don't. Look- the real test would be if you told me that it guaranteed us a championship, yep. and we wouldn't win one if we didn't do the deal. I would still have a hard time taking the deal. That's like just to explain the level of nostalgia. Oh, I understand, I of course. Clay. No, dude, and watching look, Clay not win a ring would be just devastating. You know, this is the but sell your did, soul trade. There's yeah. no fucking question, right? How do we, think this, right? how do we here, think this all goes down? 
Do yeah, you think right. that everybody just walks off into the sunset arm in arm no. together and retire at the same time? Like it's no, you messy. Let, yeah, but you let Draymond Green punch someone in the face and then you oh. trade him, <laughs> and then people don't feel as bad about it. Like, that's, we're a good, that's, a very good that's a very good argument. <laughs> that's just what yeah, it I mean, is. Uh, I mean, uh, of course, we're you know much like we were saying earlier with the the value of the young players, like. Listen, man, we, we got we, we have to be objective about this to at least a certain extent. Like Clay has been ass this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it is getting better, but there is still a long way to go. And we can be as patient or as impatient as we want. Uh, the fact of the matter is they're paying him today to put up performances today. And he isn't, uh, I mean, he is yeah. fouling like crazy on defense offensively. He's completely out of sync. When you see a little bit, it's like one step forward, two steps back. It, it's a tough scene right now. And the notion of him being traded, like, I don't know if other teams are going to bet on clay Thompson, the way mm-hmm. the golden state warriors are going to keep betting on clay Thompson. Not with that contract. There was a you level know? of vul- vulnerability that he displayed when he was discussing with yeah. the media about, his injury and his, his reactions to Charles Barkley's comments where he was expressing that he essentially is not the player that he was in the past. And he hopes yep. to be again, but to give him time. And, and, you know, and I, 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 think that I that's imagine really built in, right? Like, I think I, it's going to happen. But of course it's going to happen. It, that's, yeah. It's called the passage of time is what happens when you get fucking older. I, that's what I imagine happened with Devin Booker. He used We're the word seeing it with LeBron right now. Right? Ooh, that's okay. It only um, took 20 years. Here, I, I will say this is going to be the, the most difficult thing I've ever shed into this mic, but I'll say it nonetheless. Ooh. Unless, unless there's a gigantic jump in Clay's play, if he's somewhere near this level next year and he is still getting paid $40 million, the Warriors will not be a title contender. You can't. You can't have that kind of a, a $40 million hit on the cap with a guy who's currently showing this skill set. You know, and so mm-hmm. I look, I love Clay and I'm not I haven't I've purposely not given an answer because it hurts my fucking face to even talk about this, you know, but but I think we got to consider it. it. It's it's there. You know, we, we got a comment from uh, from my boy Jeff saying it's breaking his heart that we're even talking about it. Yeah. MT, you've been conspicuously quiet. Yeah. Do you do uh, it, MT? One well, and here, here's a little background before he says <laughs> last time we it. had this conversation <laughs> was with Antetokounmpo. The last time I brought up Clay, is remember there was that period of time when we all thought maybe Giannis will come. And you had so Giannis on the up. show to discuss this trade. We I did. We talked about it. Um, we <laughs> told some dad jokes. We're really close. We much prefer having you like, on, Eric. Right. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. No, uh, for sure. But then I asked Marcus, "Would you trade Clay then for Antetokounmpo?" And he said, "No." Said no. Okay. Mm. So different scenario now. Clay's in a different place. We're in a different place. But that's what I know. Let's find out what MT has to say. What do you think, man? I am too emotionally invested. I'm like Eric. Um, I I should not be asked this question. I'm really glad I'm not Bob Myers because should you do this trade? Yes. Would I do it? No. Um, and it's only because I am emotionally beholden to Steph, Clay, and Dre playing for the Warriors until they hang them up and only playing for one team. So Dr- Draymond as well. Yeah, and question. Draymond as well. I, something about that loyalty and just having them be our version of the Spurs. I know Tony Parker played for uh, Charlotte, but you know having that. Those Did he? No one guys, remembers that. Only Does, it not, <laughs> yeah. Does it not piss you off, MT, seeing like Draymond on the corner of the court during the game, like hugging on LeBron, or in the club on his birthday, not on the bench? When the it words did, smoke it on did the road, does that not just ago. piss you off? 
It did a few years ago when, you know, there is all the talk and you could start to see that the players didn't have that rivalry across teams, but it's kind of worn on me. Like I'm used to it now. You see, you see it. But there used to be, right? Like there is the infamous Halloween from these exact players. There is the Halloween party with the three, one tombstone. There's been active shit talk with the, with these exact people. Um, there was, yeah. I mean, yeah, but that, LeBron, but, you know, LeBron, LeBron, LeBron no gonna fight him. anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't do it to answer your question, Bram, and it, I should do it, and it makes sense for, especially from a basketball standpoint. We probably win a championship um, a lot faster or more of them if we do that trade for KD. But I don't do it for that reason alone. Just don't ask me to do it. My Give me a yes away. or no. Yeah. A quick yes or no, and then back to you, Eric, for all of you guys. Yes or no, if they made that trade, would the Warriors be in a better position to win a title? Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. I don't Five think you have to think more than that. No, and isn't that the goal? Isn't that what they're trying to do? It's not a kumbaya season. Yeah. It's not It's not a let's make sure that everybody feels good about it season. It's a let's go win a title season. I mean, take it even one step beyond that. Like, how much is this sentiment and loyalty – gonna last if these guys are gonna be 500 mediocre on the way out i mean then we'll be like shit we should have sold when we had the chance we should have you know it would have sucked but at least then we would have extended it if they don't want to go out in a blaze of glory and most places don't it's just a blaze well, I mean, and and uh, yeah, MT's example of Tony Parker can be put the other way. When we look back on Tony Parker, does anybody think of Charlotte? No. I forgot he played for Charlotte. Right. Okay. But nobody, he's still synonymous with their big three, and he didn't finish his career there. Just because we, if, if, if we did make a trade with one of these guys, that yeah. doesn't mean they're not going to get a statue. It doesn't mean they're not going to get their jersey retired. You know, it just, no. mean, it just means it's not going to be a, a. I mean, a KD farewell. may get his jersey retired. Right? He should. Like, <laughs> So I think that what we're another thing we're not talking about, we're talking a lot about nostalgia and how it all kind of plays out over the twilight of these guys' careers. Not that I'm pushing them into the twilight now, um, is that there are other pieces that can be moved, as we've seen in these other hypothetical trades, that can that can increase the odds of winning a title this year. And then you look at a restructured extension with Clay where he takes less money and is yeah. able to stay without burying the franchise a la Kobe Bryant in his tail years of the Lakers. Like yeah, when he yeah, took but- those big contracts in the end, it's like, sure, you got the money, but like those dollars, like those are wins that you're you're taking for yourself. Like you will not win if you're if you're gonna take all the money and not perform and just I think the other thing too is 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 the love gonna be reciprocated? Like if we show this loyalty to Draymond and then he declines his option or picks it up and goes as a restricted free agent or unrestricted and then leaves the team, are we sitting here holding the bag and like, oh, we love you and we didn't trade for KD because we wanted to keep you and, and then he leaves and then we have nothing. I'll take it one step further. If Draymond leaves this upcoming offseason, if he decides I'm out of here, do you then feel differently about Clay Thompson? Do you then say, hey, we already lost one of the big three. Andre Guadal is going to retire uh, if he isn't already sort of doing that now. Like, let's ride it all the way down. I, mean, yeah, I think great it's, question. I think and it's, thank you for asking it. I, I think know. it's different, truthfully. <laughs> I think that uh, we talk about like the big three with, you know, Draymond, yep. Steph, and Clay. And I kind of pause and I mean, I'm a big Draymond Green fan, but it's the Splash Brothers, right? Like, That's they've fair. got a they've got a nickname. Like, 
Draymond is there. He's always been a part of it, but it's the Splash Brothers. It's the best shooting pair that the league has ever seen. There's like a there's a link between those two players that is not shared by anyone else in the organization, in my opinion. No I think the nickname carries more weight than it has to, like because I think it's Draymond and Steph through and through. And yeah. if you have those I, two, that, yeah, no, that's that's, that's a good argument for that. These, this I is all, we'll, yeah. Go ahead. Save me the from simplest version of this to me is before I push us to our third trade, is this a business or a family? You know, and either you can look at it either way. I, I, I respect it. And it, it's, it's the interesting thing of sports because we kind of view them in both ways. The family take is no, of course not. Of course we don't trade clay now. Not now, not when he's being vulnerable, not when he's given up his body to come back, not when yeah. he's given everything he has to define himself here in the fucking Bay area. No, he's a family yeah. member, you know, or, well, yeah, that's great, yeah. but we're here to win games. That's business, and this helps us win. Um, I don't think there's an easy answer. I don't yeah. think there's a wrong answer. You know, I don't think there's a right answer either. This whole conversation makes me feel like sweaty and gross. I, so instead, I think Lacob will do. I think he will act in the interest of winning. This is everything we've heard from him in every interview yeah, is that he's a he's a fucking freak about winning. Yep. And I think do. that he he will push the nostalgia aside and take the hit if he thinks that. That will win. That's just what I fucking, expect. He's a venture winning, capitalist. That's what he looks. Sells. He looks at things. What? Yeah, that's exactly right. And he's and they nostalgia are. They need to make money. Short shelf life. Yeah. Nostalgia yeah. will get you. Nostalgia will get you a year. I mean, there they, may they be hubris off. where he believes that he can do both, <laughs> and if he feels those two are aligned, like like, like two timelines. Sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> nostalgia exactly. and winning. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let's get to our third, and this one I call serviceable. Not sexy. All right. Okay. Warriors get Miles Turner. Okay. Pacers get James Wiseman, Ty Jerome, my favorite second baseman, PDJ, <laughs> the two A player, the two A player, and uh, 2023 first rounder. Ty Jerome Done. and PBJ are the middle pieces there to make the money work. Um, what do you guys think? You interested in Miles Turner? Sure, at that price. Why the hell would the Pacers do that? First rounders. I mean, I guess you, you might have That's to ask fair. second first That's rounder fair. or a pick swap. You know, Is that um, money. The yeah, that's yeah, that's why we put in a lot of money. Yeah, why is that's it? And that's why. Jerome. That's why. That's why you got to consider Jerome as well. So let's yeah. let's assume just for the purposes of this, the Pacers would say yes. I'm not. I'm not sure on it, but we're running late on time, no, so fair. let's just get right to the Warriors portion. Would you guys do this trade? Yes, I have no analysis further. Just yes, yeah. uh, like obviously yes. I I, I would not. Whoa. Why? Okay. Well, Fuck why am I gonna why am I gonna pay Miles Turner eighteen million to play backup to the goat Kavon Looney? Fair the center posi- the center position. That's fair. I just, I, I just don't understand that. Um, why no, can't you I mean play them both together, twin towers. Do you think that this trade makes a big difference in this season? Is I guess that's my question. Um, if Miles Turner is willing to play backup, sure, not huge, not enormous, not KD no, difference, not AD. Realistically, difference. you make this trade and Miles Turner is your starting center, right? Jokes yeah. aside. Does that Probably. make it? Does that move the needle? Like, are we suddenly back in contention if you make this trade? And if that is no, I don't think it's more money and you don't have rookie scales. But by the way, you're, you're trading away three players that aren't contributing to winning really sure. at all. So, like, that's it's true. An in automatic fact, the opposite. Yeah, yeah, no, that, no, that's fair. Well, so and if we have a, if... and beyond that, like, I do think. 
I kind of like Looney being on the floor with Poole because it brings a groundedness to Jordan Poole. It forces him to play within yeah. the system a little bit more. Uh, I think that you can make something work with the second unit if you have Kavon Looney out there because you just have a really smart, capable player that allows you to switch everything, by the way. Well, uh, and Miles Turner gives you a little bit of, little bit of space, so it counters a little bit of what Draymond doesn't give you on the offensive end. I, I like it. There's a chance where Turner, having never won a title, right? What he wants to do is get into a situation where he's got a shot. He'll do whatever the hell they ask him to do, probably, yeah. at least for that first season. He doesn't season. like it, he can leave. You know, fair enough. But in, on that, if, if he does come off the bench, a bench that features a pick and roll with Jordan Poole and Miles Turner, you know, I mean, they, that, that helps both defensively and offensively. So there's something there. Yeah. Uh, MT, Maxime, speak to you guys. Yeah, yeah, it does. And look, here's the this is I, I totally agree with Dieter's point, and I just sort of want to underscore something, which is that I think the the folly of this idea that we can have our cake and eat it too with these two eras is is proving to be incorrect. And I think I was pretty excited about it because I love winning just as much as anybody else, and it felt real good to be sold on that narrative. But now that I'm seeing it play out this way, I don't think that we're capable of giving up on these players if they're on our roster. And so we get a double benefit just by moving them on to another squad. We say, you know what, we're giving up on it. And here's the thing. We had a seventh overall pick. You know how many seventh overall picks have not panned out? The majority of them. We had a number two pick in what every draft analyst said was one of the most down years in in recent draft memory uh, for one mm-hmm. through three. So to say that we can't bridge the gap, look, I get it that we now have to start from zero with whoever we draft, and there's a couple of years before they're NBA ready, but who would we pick number two? Centers, the position that everybody says takes the longest time to develop. So, okay, you have a little bit of a wash there, but we make it through. We make as many titles as possible with Steph playing. We get him some decent backup bench minutes so that he doesn't have to play hero ball against the fucking Sacramento mm-hmm. Kings in the middle of November, and then when he He's finally done, then we fully strip down and do what every NBA team has always done, trust our front office to get the right people to rebuild a different team. It's just, it's not that big a deal. We're, we're wealthy enough. We're in an interesting enough market to not sit in NBA purgatory like the Indiana Pacers. I think we can have a quick turnaround from the end of the Steph Curry era to the beginning of whatever next era that is. And it, it's just, it's just not that big of a deal. Let's go. I, I just like the passion right there. Perfect. I wanted you to punch somebody in the mid fucking right in the face after you finished talking. That just would have been the perfect exclamation point. <laughs> I think the interesting thing about this trade is what it speaks to is how you feel about James Wiseman's value. Like that's yeah. that's the real thing here. Um, yeah. What hi, Jerome. Well, I mean, as it's proposed, if you take it, I think that you're you're saying that James Wiseman's a bust. That he that yeah. he's not. Yeah, I don't know. Do yeah, we want I'll, to talk? I'll, I'll flat. Do we want to there. talk about James Wiseman? Like, do we want to really get into this? Like, everyone's dancing around this. Sam Esfendiari is kind of the only person publicly that's really loudly stated. <laughs> yeah, he's even he's to even be completely fair. <laughs> well, and he but he actually made a really interesting statement. Warriors Twitter and listeners that are going it where he said it it's safe and easy to to hedge on James to James on James Wiseman and to not really say how you feel like to um, totally. And I think that there's some truth to that. And I think there is legitimate concern that should be held. And I think it would be disingenuous to suggest that the, I mean, the front office, the Warriors are saying the things they need to say, right? Like you can't come out and be like, yeah, he's, this is very unfortunate for us. We're stuck. Like, yeah, they can't, they can't declare yeah, him a bus because they yeah. want to move on from him. Yeah, there's no like, value. And what does that mean I, for him showing up to work? 
And, but the and flip that. side is there is no value. Like he's benched. He's not playing. Yeah. They yeah, benched him sure. after 10 games because he was torpedoing games, like full yeah. stop. And the fact is it'd be one thing if he was just a young player who was just sort of having his head spin, but was doing some cool stuff every now and again. Honestly, it, the lack of any feel for the game is really jarring. Like that's the biggest concern for me because all they're asking him to do is do some high pick and roll stuff. And, you know, maybe, you know, if a guy comes at you at the rim, you know, don't let him score easily. Like you just foul mm-hmm. him. And he's not doing like these really basic things. They're only foul him hard him. too. <laughs> yeah. It just, you got that people go through him like a hot knife through butter when it comes to the paint. So there's no mm-hmm. perimeter defense. And then James Wiseman might as well not be there. Uh, even though he's going straight up, he's doing all the fundamental things, right? He has no feel on the defensive side. Uh, he gets lost in that drop coverage with ease, but he can't play out on the perimeter. And on the offensive side, like unless you absolutely, if you put the ball in his hands, clear everyone out, then he can dunk it. And everything else is just lost. And I, I just don't know how you find your feel while you're also in a situation where you can only play him limited minutes, your rotations are going to change around him all the time because you're, you're having to work to find him any lineup that he can somehow click with. If he's going to develop, it's going to essentially be magic because all they're asking him to do is be JaVale McGee, like a crappy version of JaVale McGee, run the floor hard, be athletic. If the ball is there, grab it and put it in the hole or take it away from the hole. And he is proven wholly incapable in 10 games of doing that. I mean, he looked, he's not an NBA player. He needs to go down to the G League and whoop up on some dudes if he can yeah. do that. And I don't I, know if I he agree. can do that right now. Well, my that's kind glass, of good. my go glass ahead. half full for, uh, for James Wiseman is what the Warriors say about him. What they yeah, see behind they like the scenes, them. what he's capable of doing, what his ultimate talent is, all of that, right? We've heard the best things. What my glass half empty is, is what the Warriors are doing with him. Yeah. They set his ass entirely. They've decided that he can't immediately contribute. And I'll give you a stupid analogy because what you do means a little bit more than what you say. If you boys gave me I don't know, a shirt for my birthday and I told you I loved it, I fucking love that shirt. I love the fit yep. of it. I love the look of it. I loved everything. And then it's I never wore my shirt. Never fucking wore <laughs> never it wore once. It. And for a while, after a while, what I say does not matter is what I do. And right now, what they are doing suggests they don't believe in him, which makes me worried. It makes me absolutely worried. And by the way, there's a public line on James Wiseman, and then there's private lines on James Wiseman. It's Mm -hmm. not like they're trashing him behind the scenes, but they're not naive. They're worried. They're concerned. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason his ass got benched. They're like, and this isn't even new. I think it was this bad. Like, it's, but it's not even from this year. Like, totally. isolated to this year. This is something that's been talked about behind the scenes since before he got right. injured. Where, you know, big men. You know, when you discuss court vision and passing, it is very difficult for someone to develop into a very visceral passing big man. Like that's something that's understood an IQ that's there. It's not really something that over time you suddenly just develop great court vision. I know that that, I know that that's been discussed. Um, My, my big concern with Wiseman is, is the mindset and you know, it's not Mm -hmm. measurable. It's just what I perceive when I watch him play. Um, I tweeted this out. We talked about this brand briefly that, you know, when Kobe came into the league and took court with, against Jordan in their first matchup, he went up to him and was like, I'm fucking better than you and I'm going to kick your ass. Like (laughs) conversely, you know, I think about Eric Pascal as someone that you kind of look at that would be, he was six, six and would body anybody. 
Like, yeah, he was there. He, he knew what he had to do. shoulder into him. He felt them in the post, and he was going to fucking eat. That's just what he was going to yeah. do. Right. For yeah. someone Wiseman's size, like, this dude, I mean, he kind of looks like Dwight Howard in, in a sense, like, with how big yeah. he is, but, like, but younger. He's soft. He's soft. But he's just, he doesn't have that killer instinct. Like, I want him to get the ball, be like, you can't fucking stop me. Like, try yeah. it. Try it. See what happens. And yeah. instead, he's hanging his head low. He's not boxing out. He's not grabbing boards. He's disappointed in, his, in himself. Doesn't want to let Steph down. And it's just, it's discouraging to see, truthfully. Remember I feel really Swing- bad even saying it out loud. Like, you've heard that movie bad. Swingers, Eric? It's, it's a while back now, but Vince Vaughn um, and the guy who's now become a, a John director. Favreau. John Favreau. Um, okay. And the, it's all about John Favreau at that point being a guy you can't find a date. And there's a scene where Vince Vaughn sits John Favreau down and he says, when you're asking me for advice on how to get a date, it feels like you're this big bear who has these giant claws and you're asking me how to kill the bunny and you have these big fucking claws. You have this giant, you're the bear. Go and get it. That's what it feels like when I'm watching Weissman. It's like, mm. dude, you're gigantic. You have this huge physique. You've got all you of these look, skills. You're right. this big fucking bear. You know, get right. out there and do it. Yeah. Um, and that it goes to that killer mentality. He's just not. He's just not. No. At least not so far. Gentlemen, I can tell from your backgrounds that we've kept you too long. <laughs> it is now nighttime. And so if if you'll indulge me, we'll do one last <laughs> segment remarkably fast. It's our look around the league. Marcus has uh toured news from outside of the golden state universe he has called together some stories for our attention we'll pick one of them and jump down mt what do you got cool we'll go quickly uh the first one lebron is hurt the lakers are terrible do they blow it up if you were palenka would you blow up the lakers uh story number two um D'Angelo Russell was <laughs> on the sideline, was supposed to check into a game and ended up just watching the team play four on five for a little bit. Bigger story here is, did we dodge a bullet not keeping D'Angelo Russell? And we could talk about all of Minnesota's mishaps that have led to our fortunes. Yep. And last but not least, Nike has cut ties with Kyrie. <laughs> um, the question I have is he's an unrestricted free agent. So we could talk about, what jersey will Kyrie be playing in next year, if any at all? I'm going to give you guys, so I'm not ready to talk about Kyrie. Instead, I'm going to give yeah, you a story. And then we'll go, that's a trap. We'll go a different direction. All right? Here's, <laughs> here's, here's, my fucking, here's my take on Kyrie. Um, there's a fight in my household on Hanukkah v. Christmas. I'm a Jew, so is the rest of my family. But my wife grew up uh, celebrating Christmas, loves it, and now my daughter's on board. And so one of the ways I fought that, you know, stupid-ass little move, is I bought her this shirt that has a, a menorah on it and a Jewish star in the back. Just bullshit mental warfare. You know, I want her to, like, have this thing. The other day, um, I picked that out for her. We just had to get her dressed. She got out of the shower. I threw her that shirt. And Erica, my wife, came in and said, do we feel comfortable wearing that? With all the anti-Semitism out there, is it cool if she wears this? And the second that fucking happened, man, um, it changes my opinion on all of this. So I'm going to save that topic. I've got a lot of takes, but we don't have to do it now. Okay? Those The the other two, I saw the clip of D'Angelo Russell. Holy shit. I mean, holy shit, dude. How do you not know you're in the game? Like, I don't understand. How did that miscommunication happen? Did they like, did he saw there's only four people out there. He's on the court. How do you not just go and be like, no, I'm playing basketball now. He's like, damn, this is crazy. Yeah, like these guys I, suck. <laughs> they really did. Who's really calling the defense to play? Oh. Do you guys, do you guys know, uh, when D'Angelo Russell was first, you know, obviously the post KD era was 
the worst season ever uh, for the Warriors. Well, not the worst season ever, but the worst season, certainly amid all the greatness that they had had. Uh, a real downer that season. Um, I, I remember very vividly asking Draymond Green, like, D'Angelo Russell's never played good defense. This is in the preseason. D'Angelo Russell's never played good defense, um, but he, like, looks the part. He has these really long arms. He's obviously a sharp dude. And Draymond, like, lit up. He's like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited because, like, I feel like we can unlock this. I feel like we can get this guy to be, like, a great perimeter on-ball defender that he can really do it. And then four games into the season, I asked Draymond, I go, how do you feel like it's going uh, with the, you know, D'Angelo Russell? And he, on the record, was like, some guys don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) And it was as soon as he said that, I go, well, D'Angelo Russell ain't going to last more than, like, two months here. because He never was, right? He never was. but, like, Draymond Green gave up on him. like, And that was, like, his tap. Like, that was his thing. He was going to make that his thing for the year. And four games in, he's like, some guys don't want it. And it's like, that ain't good. Uh, Meanwhile, like, you know, you wonder, oh, James Wiseman, 10 games once, you know, Four games for D'Angelo Russell. It might have been done before then. So sometimes you know, sometimes you don't. After actually, that segment, right in in Minnesota when he hasn't gone back on D, I'm sure they called some kind of a timeout there in the play in the in the huddle. You know, and the coach turns to D'Angelo like, "What the fuck, dude? You know, why weren't yeah. you out there?" And he goes, "Coach, some guys just don't want it. Some guys don't want it." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it, I thought it was funny as you brought up the three stories that Kyrie and the Nike thing was even one of the options because it's such a loaded topic, right? And I was I was in I was in Santa Cruz at the home opener. I went to the home opener and I was doing a post game interview. Seth coach head coach Seth Cooper there and okay. after it was all said and done and they turned off the mics I was like hey, hey Seth I got one more question and I was like Nike's just announced they dri- dropped Kyrie would you care to comment like on would you care to comment on the record obviously off the record and he like he laughed and he's like what did Popov-? he's like what did Popovich say I would like to echo exactly that and he walked yeah. off I was like that's a fucking great answer it's a great answer it's a great answer um Boys, I feel like we are kidnapping you, keeping you watching your video, and it's getting darker and darker on your side. We got, I, I got to get you back to both of you. Eric is uh, just lives. ahead now. I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you guys joining us. It is fun every time. This time was absolutely no exception. Uh, Dieter, why don't we start with you? For people who need far more curtain block in their life, what do they know? Uh, San Jose Mercury News, East Bay Times. I'd say Twitter, but I don't know if Twitter is going to be around by the time anyone right. listens to this. So uh, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but I on the upside, I'm eight dollars away from being verified. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that eight dollars yeah. has already been spent for me. I feel hell of important, and I feel yeah. like I've totally sold out. Conversational topic for a different time. I kind of wish I could take it back <laughs> now, but we'll uh, we'll go back to that at some point here. Uh, Eric, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me. Um, on, on Twitter at GSW Reddit or come join our community, yes. uh, reddit.com slash r slash warriors for all your shit posty memes, spicy takes, regurgitated media content from other actual verified reporters. Um, come join us there. We're 500,000 Clathiasts strong on, a, on, on our Reddit page. It's the best. And you really guys, you, if you're not on the subreddit, get on the subreddit. It's awesome. That's, hey, thanks uh, for saying that. He's, he's, it's factually maybe accurate. we go there uh, maybe when yeah. twitter that's, blows up we all go to reddit my, for our warriors reddit. news why not it's legitimately the best option i got yeah dude i cut you off uh any other places where we can get more of your work i mean i'll be on kmbr when who's to say uh just just floating around uh it's thanksgiving i'll have shows then 
I'm around. I'm very large. My name is Dieter. You'll find me eventually. Just just look around. For a while. <laughs> Only one thing to plug for us: YouTube, 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 YouTube. In fact, you should check out this dope ass video that uh, Maxine put together. That now yeah. appears when we first start. It's a series of highlights. He also supplements the show with little video, little things to watch throughout. You can also make fun of our radio faces the whole nine yards. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you next week. Good, good.